welcome to Agape Ministries Podcasts, a whole new way of thinking. Episode 129, part two of the talk given by Mary Byrne, entitled A New Pentecost in the Church and Baptism in the Holy Spirit. at the Ecumenical Conference, I think it was back in 78 or sometime like that, there were some powerful prophecies given. And one of the prophecies that was given there was, you have tolerated division amongst yourselves and you have grown used to it. And I think we need to take that on board. And the other one is the one that came through Ralph Martin. And I think this is so powerful today even, you know, Mourn and weep, for the body of my son is broken. Mourn and weep, for the body of my son is broken. I would have made you a light on a hilltop. I would have made you one new man. I would have made you a light so glorious and splendorous that all would have come to you. You see, it's the oneness that's necessary. And this charismatic renewal in its origins was ecumenical and baptism in the Holy Spirit to me, it is obvious that it's a grace that God wants to use as foundational in the work for unity. I mean, if you've got a large family, Father Kieran was telling us that he had 13 in his family. If you have a large family, you're not always going to agree about everything, but you're going to love one another and you'll always get back together, you know, and we can learn from one another. We can really learn from one another. So the Lord is saying, you know, be one. And in John 11:52, it is said, He came, Jesus came, to gather into one the scattered people of God. And when he was going to the cross, if you were going to the cross, if you were going to die, wouldn't the thing that was most on your heart be the thing you'd speak about, the thing that you were really thinking about? And Jesus said in John 17, that they may be one, Father, that they may be so one as you are in me, And I am in you, so that the world will believe that you have sent me. Now think of the opposite of that. If we're not one, we're giving permission to the world to believe that the Father did not send Jesus. If we're one, people look at us and they see that we've got something that they haven't got. You know, we just need to be one. If we're divided, where is the power of the gospel? If we're divided, where is the power of the church? We can't be. And the teaching of the Catholic Church quite clearly is, from ut unum sint, it says quite clearly and distinctly, division openly contradicts the will of God, creates a stumbling block to the world, and inflicts damage on the most holy cause of bringing the good news to every creature on earth. 
We are called to be one, to love one another. What is it that gets into us that, you know, we can do such terrible things to one another? And I'm talking about on every level, even on a personal level. Father, I'm watching the time. Somebody wave at me if I'm going overboard. Um, (laughs) Father Francis Martin once told this little story. And it was this, and this is on a kind of a personal level. He was in Jerusalem, and he told this story about a group of monks who were praying. One of their number had been in an accident, and he had fractured his head, multiple fractures, and he was in hospital. And they were all gathered around, and they were praying for him. And um, as they prayed, they didn't seem to get any sense, but then a word of prophecy came, and the word of prophecy was, why are you praying when you haven't settled all the little niggledy differences that you have between one another. And they got on their knees and they apologized or they forgave or whatever was necessary. And they learned later that at that particular moment, their monk brother in the hospital was healed. The multiple fractures on his head were like a a symbol of the fractures in that particular community. We have to be one. We have to be one, you know? And I think this is one of the reasons, I think this is one of the reasons why we have blocked the flow of the Spirit. It was ecumenical in the beginning. And you know, really, I suppose, if you want to look at a grace that was given, you go back to the source. And as I said the other day, Father Cantilemesis said, you know, charismatic renewal, I'm repeating myself now on purpose, was born with a drive to return the church to the essentials of Christianity, the Eucharist, the Word of God, praise, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, unity in the body of Christ, to the essentials of Christianity, you know? Because sometimes, even though our devotions are beautiful, and I love the rosary, and I love the divine mercy, I love all that, but sometimes we can avoid being challenged by the word of God by making ourselves feel kind of pious and holy. Well, I can anyway, I don't know about you. Um, When the church is in difficulty, and it is, and when the world is also in difficulty, And I think it is, you know. We really, really need to come before the Lord and ask him for his wisdom. I think, you know, that we can learn again from the Acts of the Apostles. The Acts of the Apostles will always be a pattern for the church in every age. And you know the way they started out dynamically in power in the beginning, and then the first attack came from the Sadducees and the captain of the temple guard and the priests and all. And they were released on the condition that they wouldn't preach in the name of Jesus. It's one wonderful thing to speak about Jesus, but when you speak in his name, you're making him present in that place, you know? And they were released on that condition. What did they do? They didn't go away and say, oh gosh, we'll lie low for a little while until all this passes over, or we'll we'll have some prudence and wisdom here. They got together and they prayed and they said, Father, Take note of their threats against us and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness by stretching out your hand to perform healings and miracles in the name of your servant Jesus. And the place where they prayed was shaken. 
Why don't we do that? Why don't we come to the Lord and pray for this outpouring of the Holy Spirit, this new Pentecost? There will not be a new evangelization until we have a new Pentecost. We really need it. We say, come, come, Holy Spirit, please come upon us with everything that you want. And we need to let go and let God, you know, and ask for the grace to do that, to let go and let God you know, like we were saying yesterday. I've had the feeling since I started praying about this conference, and again, you know, discern for yourself, but I felt that God, and the, only, the word that came into my mind was the great unsettler was going to be here this week, this week, and that he was really, really asking us to get into what he is doing. There's no point in doing our own thing in our own wisdom. But one thing we do know is that he is asking us to, we were so blessed, given as will be given unto you, to bring out the offer of baptism in the Holy Spirit everywhere you go. Now, the only qualification you need, as far as I know, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is to be thirsty for it, to want more of God, to want the things of God, to want his Holy Spirit, you know, to have that thirst inside in you for this. So I would say when you get together, discuss ways. How do we make our people thirsty? How do we stir up that thirst in our people so that when we come with the word of God, they're drinking it in and it's changing their lives? How do we do that, you know? When I think back, I know what made me thirsty back in the beginning of the 80s. People gave me books, and I began to read, you know, the things I mentioned, Crossing the Switchblade, Run Baby Run, all those exciting early books. And I thought, gosh, I've gone to Mass every Sunday. I've said the rosary every, every day. I believe absolutely up here in God. But I don't know a God like this. And boy, did I want to know him. Boy, did I want to know him, you know. And when I went to be prayed with, I think I might have mentioned this before, I wanted the whole works. I love all this, you know, and I wanted the works. The Lord knew me too well. He knew I'd be absolutely obnoxious, you know, if he gave me any of that. So I didn't feel a single thing, not a single thing. And I, when I talked to the Lord afterwards, I knew that it was because the grace he had given me was too deep to be appreciated in the senses. That was the way I understood it from the Lord. But I still feel on fire, even though I didn't that night. So surely we should be bringing this offer out to all our people. And coming near the end now, last night's reading was the one that this word came to me so strongly. It was, if you sow generously... You will reap a generous harvest. I think it's 1 Corinthians 9, but I could be wrong on that. And if you sow in a meagre fashion, the harvest will be meagre. Now, have we over the last 45 years? Or have we kept it enclosed? You know, we were talking about the river of living water. God did not ask us to be a reservoir, keeping it all in. He asked us to open up channels and let it flow out 
And you know, the river of God flows differently from any other river. It requires change. And if we're not going to change, we'll be bypassed. And way, way back, Ralph Martin again spoke a prophecy, a talk, a very prophetic talk called The Three Rivers. And he spoke about the Pentecostals, Neo-Pentecostals, the Catholic Church, all flowing in different rivers, but God was making a wide channel that all were to flow in together. We need to really open up to whatever it is the Lord is asking us, asking of us this weekend. We can't go out of this place and say, yeah, that was a great conference. I'll be back next year. We've got to go out with our minds made up to come before the Lord. Don't listen to me. Listen to the Lord. He will show you what he wants you to do. And if we sow generously, we will reap a generous harvest. And you know, in the parable, the, the guy who was so, the sower of the seed, he filled up his basket with an abundant amount of seeds and he scattered them in the rich soil, but he also scattered them on the topsoil that covered rock and in the corners where there was nothing growing but weeds. He was taking a risk. We need to go out there at the instigation of the Holy Spirit and sow the seed of baptism in the Holy Spirit everywhere because it's God that will give the growth. It is God who will give the growth. And we need to have patience because, you know, I'm no gardener. All I've got to do is look at a plant and it begins to droop, you know. But I know that if you put a seed into the soil, that it takes time for the shell of that seed to crack and to fuse with the soil and to begin to wriggle the roots down and wriggle the plant upwards. So we need to just trust in God, go where he tells us, and do it in the way that he wants us to do it. Um, I'm just going to throw this in very quickly. Um, I, I spoke about this yesterday, so sorry to those of you who were here yesterday. We can think of new ways. We don't, you know, let's not be doing the Life in the Spirit seminars in the same place for the same people all the time. That's like being a reservoir. The water will get stale. We need to bring it out. We can do it in churches. I told them yesterday how we um, got permission from the bishop, and you ha- I'm stressing this, you have to get permission um, from the bishop and from our parish priest to do it at mass time on a Wednesday night. The reason you have to have permission is because a lay person can't give the homily without that permission. And um, the place was packed, but you need to make it attractive to people. You don't, a few weeks before, excuse me, we stood up in the churches and we got people who were on fire saying in about two or three minutes uh, before the final blessing, the priest gave permission that we would stand up and just say, you know, this is what baptism of the Holy Spirit did for me. And we're starting in two weeks time and, you know, tell them what it did for you. And in the porch of the church, we had the booklets so that they could browse through them. We had people there for them to talk to. We had all those exciting charismatic books that we had at the beginning and we chatted with them, you know. And I'll tell you a funny story about that. I said to my nephew, who was about 14 at the time, I said, Run, Baby, Run. It's a great book. you love that. He never read anything, you know. So his mother told me the next day that she couldn't believe it. The light was on in his room all night long. And I don't know if you know the story. So when he came down the following morning, she said, Did you enjoy that book, Run, Baby, Run? And he said, Well, actually, he said it was brilliant up until the time they got converted. <laughs> <laughs> So my sister said she gave up at that, you know. (laughs) 
so you can do all these kind of things. Why not pr make prayer for outpouring of the Holy Spirit commonplace in the liturgy at the prayers of the faithful? Why don't we do something about having teams of people to pray with people after Mass with, again, permission and cooperation with your parish priest? You know, there is so, the Holy Spirit will put new, new ideas into your mind. Now, I just want to finish with one thing. And this was like, I really felt the Lord putting this in my mind. If you can see this vision, the way John in Revelation saw this vision, your heart will be melted and you will not keep the grace that you have received to yourself. And this was the vision given to John. I looked out into the distance and I saw a great crowd, too many to count. They were standing before the throne of God and the Lamb. And the Lamb at the center of the throne threw his tent over them. Never more will they hunger. Never more will they thirst. Never more will the scorching heat beat down upon them. For the Lamb at the centre of the throne and God will be their shepherd. He will lead them to streams of living water and he will wipe every tear from their eye. When you look at that vision, don't you want all the people out in the streets of Birmingham and all the people that you know, don't you want them to experience what you've experienced? Brothers and sisters in Christ, times are urgent. God is on the move moving to restore New Testament Christianity to his people. I would say to you, like the little boy, twinkle, twinkle, little star, keep on playing. The Father's arms are around you. Thank you. So thank you for taking the time to listen to these episodes. Our prayer is that as you listen and reflect on these teachings, that you'll be encouraged to continue your journey, to maximise your potential, to have a good and a happy life.
So sign in again next week for more teaching on how you can follow the Jesus way to experience your life as filled with meaning, purpose and joy. So God bless and stay safe.